is Tim Staten with Tim Stating the Obvious. What is this podcast about? It's simple. You are entitled to great leadership everywhere you go, whether it's to church, whether it's to work, whether it's at your house, you are entitled to great leadership. And so in this podcast, we take leadership principles and theories and turn them into everyday relatable and usable advice. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Tim Stating the Obvious. And in this episode, we're going to talk about does your career affect your identity? Just going to get right into it this time and then end in this episode because I think it's really, really important. So, first of all, you know, when you ask yourself, does your career affect, not effect, but affect your identity? You know, we got to take a look at a lot of things in context, right? If you look at the even the history of last names we look at popular names like smith which is a derivative of locksmith blacksmith and all the jobs associated that go along with being a certain type of smith so when people ask you oh you know what is your name oh my name is you know john the locksmith and then eventually over time it just goes into i'm john smith because you've built up your reputation everybody knows that you're a locksmith right or i'm Bob the blacksmith, you know, so everyone knows over a period of time that, hey, you know, he's just a a blacksmith. So you drop that. And even at our own jobs in current modern times, you know, you wear a name badge, right? That tells everyone who you are. It has your name, you know, typically your first name, but also on there is either a logo of your corporation or company that you work with. And then also the position that's associated with it. So you're, so you could be Kevin, the team leader at Chick-fil-A, or you could be Bob, the supervisor at Lowe's. Even that in itself goes into a lot of identity because when people look at you when you're at work, you're Bob, the supervisor at Lowe's. You're not Bob, the dad or Bob, the husband or Bob, the person. You are Bob, the supervisor at Lowe's. Also, you know, when you first meet people in social settings and you make small talk, a lot of the times people ask you, you know, when you introduce yourself, hey, you know, my name is Tim. Well, wh- well, what do you do for a living? Well, what do you do? And then you go in and you talk about your job, you know, because that's an easy thing to talk about, right? But all too often, that creates a, a sense of identity of who you are because it, people don't go, hey, so who are you? You know, and, and I typically ask that question, you know, when I meet people for the first time and I work in an organization where sometimes you don't know who everybody is. And I ask people, I'm like, well, who are you? And what is your task and purpose here? Not what do you do, but I ask who are you as the person and what are you supposed to be doing at work? To emphasize the point that who you are is not what you do. And we're going to get into that. So, you know, too much investment into work and your identity can create a psychological state called enmeshment. You know, even the Harvard Business Review describes a situation where boundaries between people become blurred and individual identities lose importance. And this prevents a development of a stable and independent self, right? So because you're constantly comparing yourself of who you are as a person to what you actually do and not just who you are as a person. And that can tie into your self-worth. And and there's positives and negatives to that, right? So some of the positive things about that are if you're at work and you do successful things, then you tie that into individual self-success because you've been successful at work. 
Or if you get a promotion at work, you tie that into individual self-worth because you're like, oh, somebody else values me and what I bring to the table and I'm promoted because of this and that way it ups my own internal value. The downside to this could be, you know, if you have a failure at work, you could take that as a personal failure and you affect that in your personal life. If you get passed over for a promotion, then you take that as a personal attack of they don't find value and worth in me and they didn't promote me because they don't find value and worth in me. And that could decrease your self-worth. And this is emphasized over a period of time as you go throughout your career, whether you stay with the same company or not. If you're in the same career field and the same things start to happen to you and all you do is identify with who you are as where you work and what you do, then that can diminish your self-worth. You know, I'm even reminded of this with myself when, you know, I talk to my son and he's a senior in high school now and I'm constantly asking him, you know, what do you want to study? What do you want to do in life? Instead of asking, who do you want to be in life? And that's a very significant difference in the play on words, if you think about it, because words do have meaning, right? So if I ask him, what do you want to study in, in college? What do you want to study at a university? That's different because that doesn't necessarily mean who he is. And if I say, well, what do you want to do in life? What you do in life is not who you are in life, right? And it could be if that's all you tie yourself into is, you know, I'll use an example of somebody who goes to West Point, right? In high school, they have an aspiration to go to West Point. They do everything they need to do to check the blocks, to get the congressional recommendations, and then they submit their nominations, they go through a selection process, then they get to go to West Point. When they're at West Point, then they go through another indoctrination period where they're told you're going to be Army officers and you're going to be leaders, and that's what you're going to be. Not what you're going to do, but what you're going to be is an Army officer. And oh, by the way, if you're going to be an Army officer, this is what you must act like. This is what you must look like. This is the mold you must fit. And oftentimes, what you must be and do become the same. And that diminishes your own individual self-worth and your own individual self-identity. Because outside of that, once you graduate from that university and college, then they go on active duty. And then they do that career of military life. But along the way, you know, they meet a significant other. They have relationships. They develop friendships. They develop who they are as a person as they grow and develop. And oftentimes that can get blurred into, no, I am just a, an army officer and I am not an individual person and civilian. That has a lot of pros and cons to it in itself. But if you take that with another situation like, hey, you know, I want to be a doctor for my profession. So you spend a lot of time in school and studying and dedicating and trying to be the top of your class so that way you can get into um, medical school and then you get into medical school and you study and you learn and you hit the books and you devote all your time and effort and energy into studying and becoming the best that you can because people's lives depend on it. It's important. Personal relationships fall by the way because it's all about career-oriented goals at that point because you only have a certain amount of time and you've got a lot of time to get that crunched down into and you've, you've got to focus on it and you've got to dedicate that time to it. But then once you achieve that doctor status, then you go on to do your residencies, which is most of the time working at work and you develop relationships with people at work. But then people call you doctor, right? People call you your position and title. They don't necessarily call you by your name. Uh, they call you by your position and they treat you like your position. And if you spend 70 to 90 hours a week, even 120 hours a week at your profession, that leaves very little time for individual personal identity and growth. What do you do outside of that? 
you know, who are you as a person outside of that? Many of them are moms and dads, their partners and in, in relationships was a significant other. And so, you know, how you compartmentalize each and every one of those roles is very, very important because if you're a doctor and you're at work, let's say you have a bad day, let's say, you know, you lose a, a patient and you've done everything you can, everything in your power to save a person and it just doesn't work out and it's that person's time to move on. You could take that as a personal uh, failure because you weren't smart enough. You didn't notice something. You didn't do something. You can come up with a whole bunch of reasons on why you failed and you internalize that as a personal thing because that's what you spend most of your time doing. Instead of compartmentalizing that and going, you know what? This was a work failure. I'm not going to take that home with me. And how many times have we taken personal work, have taken work professional failures, not compartmentalized them and brought them home? And now they affect our home lives. And it's a very important topic, I think, to think about and self-reflect on as leaders as we think about who we are as a person. And I've come to a point in my career where I really start to reflect on who am I as a person, not just like what do I do and what is my career, my profession, because that's going to happen. But who am I as a person? You know, what morals and values are important to me? And I know those things, but do I really focus on those things outside of the workplace or do I take those work failures and then I take them home be like oh man you know I'm a horrible person because of these things and oftentimes I did there's there's times where I failed at something at work and things didn't go right and it affected me personally because I thought it was a personal thing instead of a professional thing all too often we all find ourselves in a sense of enmeshment so let's take a look at a couple things that we can do to help prevent enmeshment and we can compartmentalize certain things of our lives to give us more well-rounded self-worth, right? So we all fulfill specific roles at specific times of the day in our life. So when I wake up in the morning, I fulfill the roles of husband and dad. And so I focus on, you know, making sure the kids are ready for school, helping my spouse out in the morning and making sure that, you know, she's got what she needs to be successful for the day. And then I transition into the role of work and I go off to work and I do all the work things that I need to do. And then it's a significant portion of my day. It's either eight to 12 hours, depending on the day. And then I come home and then I have to compartmentalize that and leave that at work and then, you know, do what I need to do at the house and fulfill the roles of husband and father. And all too often, those can get blurred where you don't leave the stuff at work. So I would say the first thing that you can do to help you know, prevent enmeshment is compartmentalize. The second thing that you can do is, one, take a look, a good hard look and say, who do I want to be? Not am I doing what I want to do, but am I being the person I need to be? Because if you focus on being and who you are and are you serving your core values and are you serving personal interests and making sure that you choose a career field that are in line with your values and interest, then you're going to be much more productive at work and you're going to be much more happier at work. And you're going to have a much better work-life balance because there's not a conflict of values and interest. You know, if you choose something that's externally motivated, like you become a doctor because your parents want you to become a doctor, not because you want to, but because you want to make them happy. And if they're happy with you, then you're happy. That's external motivation. You need to look at your own internal motivation. What do I need to do to be happy? And what do I need to be to be happy? And if I'm doing those things, if I don't have external evaluation of that and praise of that, then it doesn't matter to me because I'm in line with doing what I'm happy with. And oftentimes we take a look at external 
external sources of validation for our own internal growth. And we choose careers based off of external expectations, right? As, you know, if you think about it back in the day, um, it, you know, jobs were generational. You know, I was a locksmith because my dad was a locksmith and his grandfather was a locksmith. Or I served in the military because my dad served in the military and his grandfather served in the military. And that's what I'm familiar with. And that's what I'm expected to do. Or I was a farmer because, you know, I'm going to inherit this farm for my dad and his granddad and it stayed in the family. And that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a farmer. You know, since the invention of technology, we don't have to fall into those roles anymore. We don't have to follow those generational lines of jobs. And oftentimes, you know, we feel a lot of pressure from people to say, hey, you need to do these jobs because that's what we think you're going to be good at versus you looking at your core values and your core interest and going, you know what, this is what's important to me. Let me look at the career fields that support that. So that way I don't end up with enmeshment where I don't look at, you know, my self-worth is based on external uh, values and evaluation. And lastly, if you're looking for, you know, a sense of meaning and purpose, you know, you can find that outside your career and your job. Yes, your career and your job will give you a sense of meaning and purpose in life, uh, especially if it takes up majority of the day and you love what you do and there's nothing wrong with that. But you also need to make sure that you are a complete person outside of work. You know, if COVID taught us anything is that at any moment, you could potentially stop doing what is what you love to do because of an external source that prevents you from going in to do that. And then what happens to you as a person it is you lose that sense of purpose and meaning because that's all you focused on. And that was the one thing that gave you meaning in life. So I would suggest that the last thing that you need to do is go ahead and find some other means of, of you know meaning and purpose in life outside of your job. That way, when that's not there anymore and you get up and you look at yourself in the mirror, that you don't have that sense of who is this person that I'm looking at. You know who you are. Your identity is not wrapped up in your career. It was a part of who you are. It was a part of who made you to be who you are today because our identity is the sum of all of our experiences in life. So make sure that you focus on the things that are really important and you have some type of meaningful connection outside of your career. And I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of Tim Stating the Obvious, where we talked about how your career can affect your identity. But before we end, I'd like to ask if you could please subscribe, comment, and share this podcast with one or two other people that you think might like this and provide some feedback and help generate discussion on this subject. Did you find yourself falling into uh, this same pitfall in this trap where your career made up your identity? Or if not, you know, what did you do to make sure that you didn't fall into this, that your identity was the total sum of all your parts and the total sum of all your roles that you fill every single day? Lastly, I'm very interested in hearing about you and your stories. That's why I just ask these questions. It's not to generate, you know, comment logs or anything else. I'm legitimately interested and what your stories are, what you have to say, so that way we can share it with other people so we can learn from each other to grow and develop. That's what this show is about, turning everyday principles of leadership into actionable items that you can use and implement into your leadership styles and your everyday life, whether you're at your house or at work. 
I really hope that you enjoyed this episode and come back for another one. I'm Tim Staten, stating the obvious.